Hello everyone, Nick Brigadier here, and today we have our very first best of episode for you guys. Uh, there are two main reasons for this. Firstly, due to extenuating circumstances, we weren't able to get a brand spanking new episode out for you guys, but do not worry. Barring some kind of nuclear Armageddon, we will, so help me God, have a new episode out for you guys next week. But secondly, we're aware that we've gotten a lot of new listeners over the past few months, and for you wonderful people specifically, we realize that you might not have had the opportunity yet to sift through our extensive, or at least our now extensive, back catalog of music dissections yet. So we figured, why not bring the good stuff directly to you guys? Which is why today we're bringing you one of the earliest episodes that we ever did, actually, all about the song Monster Rap by Bobby Boris Pickett, a.k.a. the guy who wrote the immortal Halloween bop, The Monster Mash. If I may say so myself, this episode is a lot of fun, and at the time we released it, we had, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 listeners. So in case you missed our first dissection of a Halloween song ever on this podcast, please listen on. Also, we do want to thank everyone who's been listening since the early days, as well as all of our new listeners from all around the world. We are seriously so appreciative that you guys tune in to listen to our weekly nonsense every single week. Also, if you haven't already, please consider following the link in the show notes to leave a review for us on Podchaser. It would be extremely helpful to us reach even more people with our weekly dissections of bad, bizarre, and noteworthy music. And with that, please enjoy our dissection of Monster Rap from way back in 2017. A dissection is imperative! Nick! Nick, you gotta, you gotta get back control of this of this haunted wagon of craziness. This haunted <laughs> wagon of craziness. I'm trying to say Halloween theme, but it's just not working. Oh, right. We're supposed to be spooky. Ah, uh, <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> what's your guys' favorite Halloween costume? Oh, oh no. What's, it's time for the Songtopsy Report. <laughs> Welcome to the Songtopsy Report, everyone, where we dissect bad music to figure out how it died. I'm your host, Nick Breedier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm Steve Trollinger. Yes, and it is the month of October, which is objectively the best month of the year. Oh, you gotta love October. Leaves changing, Halloween's in session, and Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> okay, you had me until that last part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me tell you guys what's wrong with Christmas. What's okay? wrong with Christmas? Here's the, here's the forms of Christmases that need to die. Commercial Christmas. Religious Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Christmas a religious holiday. I'm fine with it. It's like one day, it's not up in your face all month, and it's just about like it's just about celebrating a particular part of a particular religious tenant. What needs to die a horrible, painful, slow burning death is commercial Christmas. I I'm so fucking sick of commercial Christmas. I, I disagree. I agree because you know what? Without commercialized Christmas, Steve, how are people gonna know what they're supposed to do during Christmas? You know, like the other two things I just said. No, no, but you need you need to see actors in commercials. You need to worry for an entire month about spending all of the money you worked hard to save throughout the year on other people for things that they don't need. I am sick to death of commercial Christmas. Without commercial Christmas, there would be no Santa Claus, Steve. No Santa Claus. And what is Christmas without Santa? I'm not going to say what I was going to say in case kids are listening. They shouldn't be. Oh. But you told me some of them are. Oh, God. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hold on a second. 
Yeah, I don't want to derail this Halloween conversation, but please continue. I'm I'm merely juxtaposing. I'm merely juxtaposing my hatred of commercial Christmas with my love of commercial Halloween. Okay. Because hollow, well, oh. yeah, it means a little bit different. Because yeah, there's not many commercial... angry, there's not many angry druids marching around yeah. saying that we've we've co-opted this ho- religious holiday from I'd, them. I'd be a little bit more weirded out by people celebrating Halloween in its original religious context as opposed to its commercial context. Well, we, we talk about you know the commercialism of Halloween, and one of the best parts about the commercialization of Halloween is the Halloween music, and one of the yes. most eternal. Enduring Halloween songs is the Monster Mash. Now, everybody knows the Monster Mash. Not everybody necessarily knows anything about the person who did it, uh, Bobby Boris Pickett. Mm. But he he had something resembling a career in music. Uh, He did (laughs) other songs. Now, did did he, though? Did he really? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a song that he did, I think... Uh, 23 years after the Monster Mash. We're not going to play the Monster Mash because you, you've heard the Monster Mash a million times. But what you might not have heard is his spiritual successor, I guess you could call it, uh, Monster Rap. Now, Monster Rap, which came out in 1985, goes a little bit like this. Still working in the lab late these nights with eyes grown used to itty sights. I created a monster who could dance and walk, but I couldn't teach him how to talk. My faithful assistant, that Back fool who wastes his time in DJ school says I have to get you don't be a lap DJ creature the monster app You gotta shock the body shock the body body shock the body shock the body body shock the body shock the body body shock Alright Wow <laughs> I have I have five or six thoughts about this. <laughs> Give us a few of them. Okay. So, um, first of all, this this was made in 1985, 84, 85. Yes. Um, what's amazing to me is that this this was, t- I, I think, as far as I'm aware, made at like the beginning of America's awareness of rap as a music genre. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's funny to me to think that you know you know who you wouldn't think would have the sense to be aware of a massive cultural and musical shift. The fucking Monster Mash guy. <laughs> yes, who, ha- who was in his uh, 50s, I think, at least at this point. Like, this guy, basically, this this 50-year-old guy who's only famous for writing the Monster Mash in 1984 is like, you know who, you know what's really picking up? The rap music. I've got to get in on this. And he does, as a matter of record, uh, talk like that even when he's just thinking yeah. out loud to himself. Record labels. Nationwide, oh, this is a oh, it's uh, it's a street thing. It's an urban thing. It'll never catch on in the greater American popular culture landscape. But the Monster Mash guy, he was fucking on the bleeding edge of music. <laughs> he knew, man. He knew what was up. Yo, no, oh, oh, no, this, this, so I love uh, in the. <laughs> does he say Igor's going to DJ school? Yeah, yes, that Igor was with... thought number two. Actually, <laughs> yes, was yo. DJ school. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? And if you, even if it's a thing now, was it a thing in 1984, 1985? He got his degree from Full Sail University. <laughs> I sent him to the University of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Igor in DJ school now. <laughs> like, all right, Igor, uh, today we're going to learn turntables. Yes, tell me all about the turntables. <laughs> When do I scratch? Do I scratch now? Yes, I like to scratch. <laughs> Feel these beat rocking beats. 
I want to see a coming of age teen drama about Igor in DJ school who finds love and more than he thought he would find. Like I yeah, like I like he becomes a DJ for like a big like a like a dance competition and he's torn between between uh between his commitment to his master who sent him to DJ school and he's also torn between the new girl that he's found that he's fallen in love with. But will she love him cuz he's a hunchback? What's what's that movie with Nick Cannon where he's a where he's a where he's a high school um, band drummer? Oh, Drumline. Drumline. It's Drumline, but with monsters. <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> drumline with monsters. It could also be the title of the movie. Uh, we digress though. So, uh, the guy who did this song, Bobby Boris Pickett. Now, he wasn't actually. A musician per se, and that—that's not what he actually set out to do. Bobby, really, really, <laughs> the guy who doesn't actually sing a single note in any single song—he just kind of talks through it. Didn't actually want to be a musician. Bobby Morris Pickett was an American singer, actor, and writer who wrote the Monster Mash in 1982. Now he was only 24 when he actually wrote that song. So seriously, he was 24 years old. Well, now, now, now I definitely feel like I haven't done anything with my life. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, Steve, you look so sad. <laughs> just that fact just killed him. Because it, it's it's one thing to be it's one thing to think to yourself, gosh, you know who was really successful way before they were my age? Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, <laughs> Nikola Tesla, Albert Mozart. Einstein, Mozart. At that like at that height, you can sort of remove yourself from the situation. But then to think, you know who was more successful than me before my age? The fucking monster mash guy. <laughs> It just brings it all, cra- that carefully constructed house of cards, I feel, yes. just comes crashing down. Because <laughs> he sounds old in it. He does not he d- sound like I a mean, young man. I mean, because he sounds like Boris Karloff, and yeah. Boris Karloff was born at age 65. <laughs> but so he released the Monster Mash in 1962 at the age of 24, and this is pretty remarkable, because considering that he had no real aspirations to be a singer... But he actually moved to L.A. to be an actor. Mission accomplished. (laughs) After serving three years in the Korean War. Wow. He's also a war veteran. Well, now I definitely feel unaccomplished. So what he did was... Uh, Korean, that wasn't a war, Nicholas. That was a police action that is still technically ongoing. (laughs) Bobby Boris Karloff performed in a little band called The Cordials uh, shortly after he moved to Los Angeles. And they performed in clubs. Uh, the way that he put it, he said, uh, quote, we literally sang for spaghetti dinners on Friday nights. This is how the Monster Mash came out. I can see how it goes from A to B. <laughs> well, no, apparently what they would do is they would bring out different uh, actor character impressions every so often during the songs. And Bobby Boris Pickett had a pretty good Boris Karloff. He brought it out at one point. It was, I was going to say it was a hit with the audience, but you could also argue it was a graveyard smash. Oh, uh, and they decided maybe I refuse has, to argue that. <laughs> they decided maybe this has some legs. Maybe we can run with this. So they recorded a rock song, kind of. Th- this, this song passed for rock in the 60s. They did a rock song kind of about that subject of just like with monsters and creepiness, but still kind of fun. And that was the Monster Mash. And the rest is history. The song uh, was incredibly successful. It's one of a very few songs that cracked the top 100 three separate occasions. Oh, wow. In 1962, 1965, and then 1970. It made sure that Dr. Demento had something to play every October yeah. for the rest of his life. <laughs> yes, because then Bobby Wars Pickett uh, started working with Dr. Demento. Yeah, basically for his for the rest of his life. So he only hit the, the top 100 during the month of October. 
No, actually. What? Really? So people- I don't remember which year it was, but one year it was August in the UK when it went back to the top 100. Oh, wow. I have no idea why, but uh, that was when. You know what? You know what I really like listening to every May Day? The Monster Mash. Yes. <laughs> Nothing gets me in the mood to celebrate whatever May Day is about like Nothing the Monster st- Mash. May Day is the first of May. That's it. I don't know what the origin of it is or what it's supposed to be about, but it's tr- it's called May Day. It's important because it, it only comes once a year. It was definitely about some people stranded in the ocean. Definitely. Screaming for help. May Day. Mayday, help us, Mayday! And then, um... But how did they know to yell Mayday in the first place? Because it was the first of May. So they're just like, it's... So if they had crashed on, like, August 22nd, they would have said, August 22nd! August 22nd! Exactly. Everyone knows when a plane goes down, the first thing a pilot does is yell what day it is. (laughs) Exactly. This was before they invented the black box. Yes. Back in my day, when I was flying planes, we were our own black box. We had to know all the information to scream into the radio right before we crashed. <laughs> but now, a couple quick fun facts about the Monster Mash that I didn't know. They have no real relevance to the Monster Rap, which is the song that we're actually discussing today, but I was Could still interested me. to know. <laughs> the Mash part of the Monster Mash came from the Mashed Potato Dance Craze, which was popular at the time. Oh, uh, the Mashed Potato... That's, that's where you... Like, is that the mashed potato? Uh, right? Mike is doing a gesture with his Mike, hands. Mike is attempting to do. That's the ma- Mike is it. Mike is attempting right, to do the uh, the hand jive, and he's calling oh, shit, it the mashed the potato. Shit! I always get those screwed up. Yeah, because those like you're For trying you to, to get it screwed up would mean you would know what the mashed potato was in order to confuse it with the hand jive. So, uh, do you know the mashed potato? Hell no, I don't know the mashed potato, Mike. Then how do you know I that's live, not the mashed potato? I live in the future. <laughs> yeah. But so did, so Bobby Wars Pickett had a huge success with the Monster Mash. It, it very quickly became a very popular, ubiquitous song. So I he, prefer the Werewolf Watusi. Tell me that's a real song. A lesser known. It is a fucking real <laughs> song, Mike. Uh, I, I wanna, I'm going to play a few songs for you, and I want you guys to just listen very carefully. So Bobby Wars Pickett, he did the Monster Mash, and then it was kind of like the rule at the time, if you have a hit song, you have to come up with an album of other songs to go with it. That was the rule at the time. No yes. longer. Yes. You do, no more. Does, it, does, does that apply? So he has a whole album of songs that basically all sound the same. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play just a little bit of Monster Mash, just so you guys can get it in your head. From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrodes They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. Okay, so he did the Monster Mash. Surely... It was a graveyard smash. <laughs> yes, Steve. He did the mash, and it was a graveyard smash. It's your fault at this point. You keep saying it. Hey. He performed the song The Monster Mash. Thank you. So, uh, how did the necrophilia, <laughs> necrophiliac describe the orgy? I don't know. It's a graveyard, graveyard smash? smash. <laughs> you just got a preview of Mike Russell's stand-ups. You can see him performing at local New York City venues right now. There's plenty more where that came from. Okay, so Bobby Boris Pickett did the Monster Mash. He performed the song The Monster Mash. You shut the fuck up, Steve. He performed the song The Monster Mash, and you kind of heard what that sounded like. So he very quickly thereafter followed up with Monster's Holiday. Now listen to Monster's Holiday, and just just 
Let's see what observations you have. Was the night before Christmas when all through the castle my monsters were having a yuletide hassle? The tree was all trimmed in ghoulish things like werewolf fangs and vampire wings. But they were up to no good. Didn't act like good monsters should. They found themselves a new prey. They planned to rob Santa's sleigh. So that song was moderately successful. Not quite as much, but still became successful. And then quick, listen. And then after this, he did a song called Monsters Swim, which goes like this. It's something like a zombie, but not so slow. A lot like the grave digger, but not so low. We can't do the monkey or even the dog, because they've both been eaten by the blob. It's a poolside smash. Like, are you starting to notice a similar trend just in these first three songs? As in, they're the same song? He literally took one of the main words, the monster mash, the mash. Yes. It's like one of the main rhyming words that is in it. Is in it. And he switched from poolside to poolside bash. Yeah, he went from graveyard smash to poolside bash. And then literally says... It's bigger than the mash. Yes. So he keeps mash. Yeah, because um, in the monster rap, he also, every song that he's like done subsequent, he mentions the mash. Like, by the way, I did that song. If you forgot 23 years ago, the mash. <laughs> and then, uh, th- just because I stumbled upon it, uh, he also, on that same album where the monster mash was on, he has a song called Monster Mash Party. And I don't know what the fuck is happening in this song. <laughs> That I want to match. I'll take your chains off later, Frankie. Master, please let me match. Or next week, or right after. So we're we're either listening to a sex dungeon. That is or... that is exactly what it sounds like. Oh my god! I'll take your chains off later, please, Master. Let me mash. I need to mash! I need your sweet mash! <laughs> I mean, I... If you're good, Igor, I'll unzip the math of your mask. <laughs> but once again, this was not... His intention wasn't to become a successful singer. He just d- stumbled into an incredibly successful song and wanted to follow up on that, which I think makes total sense. Uh, I actually love what... Because uh, Bobby Wars Pickett got interviewed about the song, you know, pretty often throughout the years. And the uh, Washington Post reader once asked him if he'd ever been to a one-hit wonder party, like with other one-hit wonder people. <laughs> and, I, and I love how he responded. He said, uh, since I had two hits and a hit album, I exclude myself from that club. Class. Because he had Monster Mash to a lesser extent. He still had Monster's Holiday. And this album, when it came out, sold well because it had the Monster Mash on it. But, but he's not a one-hit wonder, okay? Don't you dare put him in that party. And let's not forget the monster rap. That that <laughs> that went to, what, at least 10 on Billboard? Well, it's funny. If you look at it on Spotify... Higher than 10, then. If you look at it on Spotify, two versions of the Monster Mash have a combined total of about 10 million streams. 
Monster rap is about eighty five thousand. <laughs> but so Bobby Morris Pickett, he was an, he acted. He had twenty two acting roles. He starred in like some TV series throughout the sixties and seventies. <laughs> he has more acting roles than I do. Look at with a face like that, man. Come on, I have a weird ass face. Yeah, but he's come on. Oh yeah, every time you see him perform live, his face looks like a broken animatronic puppet. It's just like <laughs> yeah. Did you get that audience? Did you get that listening audience? It's yes. just like that. I painted a you beautiful know what mental face picture. Like. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Look, I'm doing it again. I can I can see it with my ear holes, Nick. I can see it. Thank well, you. for all of our <laughs> listeners with synesthesia, I'm sure they got that. Yes. <laughs> but so, inexplicably, well, I guess not inexplicably because he wanted to, 23 years later, after the Monster Mash, he does the Monster Rap. So, we're going to pick up right where we left off uh right after he had said that you have to uh shock the body shock the body yeah don't listen to the club mix go right to the radio edit there's a radio edit there's a radio edit of this yeah the album's got a radio edit it's got the dub instrumental version and the club mix wait what's the radio edit what is it (laughs) i was working in my fucking lab late last night (laughs) when some bitches came in to a seemly sight i slapped them on the ass and told them to wait well, I sat in the corner to masturbate. It's the monster rap. Shock the body. Shock, shock the body, body. Fucking shock the body. <laughs> fuck, fuck the body, body. Well, the original was shocker the body. Shocker the body. Oh my God. This is this is great, Boris. But we're gonna need a radio edit in order to in order to place on the charts. <laughs> That's what Frankenstein says when he gets shocked. Yes. That's great. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Zap the bolt hole. Zap, zap the butthole, butthole. <laughs> All right, here's where we left. You're Taste the butthole. Idiot. Yes, master. Bring me some vocal cords. Yes, master. Because I just want to hear him speak. And tonight the storm will reach its peak. Connect electrodes. Turn on the power. We operate within the hour. The kites went up without a hitch. Then Igor screamed. Every time I so I've listened to the song about five times since we decided to do this, and every time he says I'll throw the switch, I desperately want him to say "son of a bitch." Like that's in my head. That's that's the rhyme that makes say. the most sense. That's what comes. Like, what next. did he say right before that? What's the, the kites went up without a hitch. Then Igor screamed, "Son, son of a bitch!" Son of a bitch. <laughs> I just it's all in my head. That's what I want him to say, and he never does. The, uh, that's in the non-radio edit version. Yes, thank you, thank yes. you. The the one the the secret one that yes, never got released. Cut. That only I know the lyrics yes. to. That I desperately wish if I had known there was a radio edit, I would have spent several minutes before recording this episode coming up with that version. It's inexplicably yeah dirty. The kites went up without a hitch. Then Ego screamed, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck that bitch." <laughs> But so the whole premise of the song is mad scientists bringing Frankenstein. Well, they keep saying like Frankenstein, like Frankenstein's monster. I'm not going to get the into monster. That whole debate. The monster, the monster, bringing the monster to life. Well, he but- already did that. He brought him to life in the monster mash and taught him how to dance. But he still can't talk. And what do we do when we don't know how to talk? We rap. Yes, we get our henchman who went to DJ school to teach him how to rap. If you're a good DJ, by the way, that doesn't mean you can rap. Doesn't necessarily mean you're a good rapper. Yeah, but you know he he wants to make sure that uh you know Frankenstein's monster's got a sweet backtrack for his fucking 
mad like uh, you know lyrics. Yeah. So uh, so but without a good DJ, you know, you got a you got a crap rap. You've got you can crap, have, crap rap. Crap rap, man. You could have you could have an awesome genre. rap with terrible lyrics and like a good backdrop. You know, it's true. Just like last week's episode with Bob Flatline. With B- yes, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you got you got your you got your Fresh Prince, but Fresh Prince doesn't know how to DJ. That's why you need Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yes, but Jazzy Jeff can't rap. But the Fresh Prince can. Little teaser Boop. for next week's oh, episode. Oh yeah. But yeah, so you're right. I, I, it didn't occur to me, but you're actually right. The monsters learn how to dance in the Monster Mash. For 23 years, they've been silent, apparently, and only now has the scientist determined that with vocal cords, the monster can rap. Is that right? And ruin the mash. It makes total sense to me. Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to roll with it. Shock the body. Shock the body, body. Shock the body. Shock the the monkey. Shock the the monkey. monkey. He totally stole that. Now rap for daddy. Oh. Shock the body, shock the body. I've given you a voice, now rap for daddy. Which isn't really helping with the whole sex dungeon thing. No, 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 it doesn't. Who says that? I mean, I guess even... I mean, obviously this is like a, 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 a fun, lighthearted, tongue-in-cheek song, but still, rap for daddy. I want to imagine like a, um, like a young DMX living in like suburbia. Okay. Getting raised up by his papa, you know? Rap for daddy. Come on. You know, like. <laughs> what you really want? God will make me lose my mind. That's, that's actually. DMX comes up a little later in the song for me. But I'll, oh, when we get to that, I'll. I'm I'll, so I'll, glad. Yeah, because when you hear Bobby Boris. Bob, DMX has always cited Bobby Boris Karloff as an early inspiration in some of his raps. Because there's, there's a part there's a part in a few minutes. I don't know if we pass it already, but there's a part where. After after Frankie starts to laugh or starts to laugh starts to rap, he he goes into a bit about how all the other monsters want to learn how to rap now too, and yeah. he's like Dracula, you know, wants to learn to rap now, and I'm just imagining the Count from Sesame Street trying to like one two meet me outside meet me outside <laughs> all my vampiros meet me outside meet me outside meet me outside garlic make me lose my mind. Sounds like an Olive Garden commercial. (laughs) Do you enjoy fine Italian food but do not wish to pay Italian prices? Come on down to the Olive Garden. What are Italian prices? You don't have to pay in euros here. One breadstick. Ah, ah, ah. Two breadsticks. Unlimited Ah, ah, breadsticks. Ah, 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 ah. That's actually pretty good. That could actually be a commercial. I bet Olive Garden's going to steal this. I bet they listen to every episode. Throw us some cash money, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I meant. I guess I meant like fine Italian food without the fine Italian restaurant Dine, yes. prices. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so the monster has now come to life, has vocal cords, and is about to rap for Daddy. Now, what would you imagine a monster brought to life would sound like with vocal cords that were borrowed from something else, like uh, evil, demonic, or like powerful, or like, Rawr, you know, like yeah. uh, like monstery. Like, yeah. Uh, like, okay. It's like monster truck announcer voice, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I right. had to guess. I'd say it sounds like um, somebody. It sounds like somebody took the vocal cords out of like Wilfred Brimley and then stretched <laughs> them as thin as possible and then like burnt them to a crisp and then attached it. 
to the monster's brain and throat. It's a very vivid picture. Well, let's see what it sounds like either of those. I was right! Okay, so once again, they did that thing. He did that thing where he... I'm Bobby Boy's pick. I'm going to say he sounds like... He sounds like... Uh, the main character from Sling Blade. What's Sling Blade? If they if they are were a rapper, Sling Blade, the movie Sling Blade. Never seen it. You've never with Billy Bob Thornton. Mm, I like them French fried taters. Uh, it really just sounds like like any ant who's been chain smoking for the past forty years. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone's classic. Grant I shot a million volts into my brain. He he sounds like an he sounds like an like an old newspaper reporter named Madge. <laughs> Get me the pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> I got this. I got the real scoop. Key change. So, 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 Dracula walks in and is like, yo, teach me how to monster rap. So he just fucking, like, injects him with, like, a thousand volts of electricity. He shoves a taser up his butthole. <laughs> yes. Just, boom. <laughs> teach me how to monster rap. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't think this is a rap. How did you get back there so quickly? <laughs> Body, body, so goals undreamed by science. Those are very modest goals, I think, to get a monster to rap. It's not stem cell research. It's not uh, finding cures for cancer. I mean, he already resurrected the dead. I'm pretty sure anything he comes up with after that is a downhill slope. Yeah. Yeah. You've already. Pe- yeah. In every way, he's peaked. You've he already peaked pierced Bobby the veil Boris, of mortality. Bobby Boris Pickett peaked with the monster mash. And the scientist that he is portraying also peaked by resurrecting the corpses. Because what's more impressive, resurrecting a corpse or making that resurrected corpse rap? Well, well, actually, I, I don't know. Actually, well, it gets well. You know what, though? Once once you resurrect the corpses, right? Well, people are like, all right, we see this, whatever. Now, twenty three. That's what though, you would be like if you saw a resurrected oh, corpse. No, you yeah, get, man, whatever, whatever. Think about when uh, man first with dog, right? Was with first with dog, got the dogs to chill out <laughs> and not eat them, right? <laughs> okay. And, then, and people are like, oh, that's awesome. You have a dog. That's awesome. Like, cool. But now, uh, if you have a dog. That's like cool. You have a dog. You have a dog that does tricks. Well, now that's more. Now that's pretty impressive. So it's like he's teach. He's resurrected the dead. He's got a monster. Yeah, that that like, is the equivalent of domesticating the dog. Yeah. Okay. So now people are like, all right. It's been twenty three years. We get it. You, you can resurrect the dead. What, what else you got? He's like, oh, I'm gonna make teach this dead how to rap. Teach this dead how to rap. <laughs> yes. You I'm going to teach this dead how to rap. <laughs> you can say the dead can be a noun. It works. The Walking Dead, Steve. A <laughs> I got bolts in my neck, a flat top head. I'm eight feet tall and I'm back from the dead. You see? I actually just described Mike like waking up after like a typical Saturday night. Eight feet tall and back from the dead. <laughs> Except the bolts aren't in his neck. Oh, okay. They're up your ass. That's the joke. Oh, 
That's a lie. That's liar. a fucking lie. You're a you liar. You just got your vocal cords. There's bullshit. And how could you be rapping before? Like, so if this song came out in 1985, he would have been rapping since 1885. Well, here's an idea. What? But it kind of goes against the whole thing with Boris, or you know, this 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 uh, this scientist yeah. uh, teaching him how to rap. Really, he just gave him some vocal cords to like an 1885 rapper, you know, who was like who was resurrected from the dead, who who had been rapping back then, died, and was later resurrected. It was like, oh, I've been. That's actually possible. There, the, I mean, recording equipment was not really pervasive in 1885, so there could have been a whole bunch of influential rappers from 18 from the 1880s who just were never recorded. So their sick rhymes were lost to the pages of time until everyone, Bobby Worst Pickett resurrected them and stuck them in this monster. Everyone, everyone knows that rap was actually invented in 1886 by a uh, by a British haberdasher. Uh, <laughs> Named uh, 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 Dalton Crimpen, uh, and Dalton Crimpen, uh, decrimp they called yeah. him, <laughs> uh, was working uh, at his haberdasher late one night, uh, <laughs> trying on hats of different sizes, and, as one uh, does. And and he came upon this idea of what if I wore this hat backwards? Except there was no caps at the time, so all hats were the same backwards and forwards, so the hat just looked the same no matter what position he wore it in. So instead he wore it to the side. He took a bowler, and instead of rolling it, wearing it front to back, he wore it side to side, and he thought, this is, this is quite funky, I say. I feel like I could string a, a, a bunch of poetry together and put it to some sort of tune that I devise. And then he died and his vocal cords were stuck in a monster. <laughs> That's right. That's right. A white British guy created rap. But wouldn't his vocal cords have a British accent in this monster? Oh, but they've been fried. That's true. Everyone knows that if you take normal British vocal cords, fry them and stretch them, it just sounds like an American accent. I just took cultural appropriation to an entirely new level. I know you did. <laughs> You're, he's literally robbing the British of their voice. <laughs> no, I was talking about a white British man invented rap. Some reverse cultural appropriation going on. Yeah. No, I, I want... There's multiple levels of appropriation going on. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is a confusing amount of appropriation. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know who to be angry at in that appropriation gangbang or graveyard smash. An appropriation graveyard smash. Where the fuck were we? Hang on, yeah. Uh, you can see I've been rapping to tears because I've been monster rapping for a hundred years. And then they all light up torches. I wonder what I... happens next. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. 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 Fuck it. Whoa, okay. This song just got a whole new shit. <laughs> Guys, we cannot we cannot judge a song from 30 years ago by the events of today. We cannot do that. That is a rabbit hole we will go down from which we will never return. We're all going to get in trouble. Let's move on. <laughs> I've already made several statements so far that are going to be troublesome for me. 
Let's just not all go down that hole again. Hey, you're just giving the viewers a history lesson about the origins of rap. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just continue to talk about this rapper who is now uh, being chased by a mob with lit torches that are doing everything to try and track him down. I can't compete because I got to rap with a monster meat. You see, north, east, west, and south. I'm the cat they call monster mouth. When I party rap, I control the room. I can get the werewolves howling at the moon. You see, I'm That's their thing. You can get I, werewolves howling at the moon. That's like their whole thing. That's a, that's a shitty boast. Yeah, yeah. I know rapping is about <laughs> boasting, and he's rel- relatively new at this, but that's... No, he's been doing it for 100 years. He's not new at it. It doesn't take much to get werewolves to howl at the moon. That's not much of a boast. I can get humans to inhale and then exhale. I get people to eat some food. <laughs> I get water to evaporate on a sunny day. <laughs> I can get clouds to form in the sky. I can get the sky to be blue. And I'm the cool range out of Dr. Frankenstein. I said a rap. Frankenstein? Yes. I I am you see, I'm big, I'm bad, scarred and mean. I'm the cool range howler Dr. Frankenstein. Do you think that's actually a deep cut reference to young Frankenstein? Or do you think he just really needed to make a uh, mean rhyme with Frankenstein? I'll say the latter. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be the yeah. latter. <laughs> And then there's just there's just a little bit more. The cool range out of Dr. Frankenstein. I said a rap back, another zap. Can't stop the rapping now. He won't stop rapping. Strap him down, Igor. He must be heavily sedated. Yes, master. He goes through all the trouble to teach the monster to rap. He's super excited about it, and then he does it too much. So he's like, ow. This was a this was a horrible idea. <laughs> Quick, strap him down, but not in the fun way. <laughs> or, or is it? As he's ready to shock the body. Because again. the very last thing you hear is. <laughs> I just I also just realized in the whole of this I didn't I didn't bring this up at the very beginning when I was talking about this, but this is like. We, I was joking about cultural appropriation, but like this is a fifty or sixty year old white guy rapping before rap was like mainstream in America. Yeah, this is this is the beginning of cultural appropriation. Like this he led to Macklemore. Wait. He didn't even wait for it to be a thing. He was just like, no, this is a thing I can do better as a white man. <laughs> I'm gonna make all sorts of money off this. But come on, that's not fair. This was a guy who had a hit song, and he found a new musical medium with which to basically do the exact same song again, and he took that opportunity. I, but the, the reason I'd I, like to get Run DMC's opinion on this. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I don't bear any ill will towards Bobby Boris Pick is because he literally, I don't think he was, he was not concerned with becoming a famous musician. He didn't do this to make money. I think he just legitimately did it because he thought it would be fun and wanted to do it. Yeah, that's why he kept making version after version just yeah. trying to have a little Yeah, he had fun. no interest in expanding his musical creativity in branching to new territories. He wrote the exact same goddamn song like 20 to 25 times. If you count all the songs that he did on his album and then the few cuz what he did later on in his life uh he did some other parodies of the Monster Mash, but they were political ones, mostly against at the time President George W. Bush and his climate policy. So like he did climate themed monster mash. Was he pro what climate change or No, he was very he was against, he was against George Okay, w. Bush. I Mike just to pro a point effect. Change. Point effect. Nobody's pro climate change. They either 
believe it exists. You you no. You either not. accept the evidence that you it either exists. accept that it yes. You either accept the evidence that it exists or you do not. There's nobody that both believes in its existence and is really rooting for it. Oh come on! You know there's people like that. I, I don't know. There's gotta be. Maybe like the hurricane shutter industry. I probably. If you don't think that the heads of these oil companies who have massive amounts of money. And have probably seen lots of statistics and talked to the scientists and know what's going on with climate change. Yeah. They want it to happen. Man, they got to wipe out a few people, right? There's too many. There's overpopulation. They're like, yo, man, we're the top 1%. We can't have all these people rising up. We got to wash a few out, you know? Wash out California. Wash out Florida. Wash out the coasts. And then everyone in the middle, they're chill. And uh, we'll just keep going. You know, let's wipe out a few billion people, and then uh, they're good. So they want climate change. They're pro-climate change. You just made several leaps in logic (laughs) that would make the Hulk envious. (laughs) And he's a genius. Yes. So thanks, Steve. Yeah. The Hulk would be envious. I meant in his jumping ability. Oh. Because he jumps far. That was a crazy movie when he did that. All right, moving on. <laughs> it was the worst version of the Hulk, though, right? Wasn't it? Or what? Which, Hulk, which Hulk are you talking Hulk about? The first of all, that, the Hulk just does that. That's his thing. He leaps. his very strong legs. He leaps far. That's his thing. That's one of his things. That wasn't just only in the Ang Lee movie did he do that. Yeah. No, he just does that. But Well, speaking of Ang Lee's 2003 version of the Hulk, that's the end of the monster <laughs> rap by Bobby Boris Pickett. And really, after that, uh, like I said, other than those aforementioned kind of political parodies of his own song that he did, that was kind of the end of his musical output. I think he just did this for fun. It did not catch on to the same degree that the Monster Rap did, but you know, or the Monster Mash, but you know what? I don't think he meant for it to. I think he just put it out there. This was a man who innovated one time, coasted on it for the rest of his life, and lived more comfortably than any of us could ever hope for. He is the American dream. He kind of is. He said in an interview, he's he made enough from royalties from the Monster Mash to, quote, pay the rent for the rest of his life. And if that's not the American dream, having your rent paid for for the rest of your life, I don't know what is. 15 minutes of songwriting made sure oh, that yeah. he never had to... I didn't even mention <laughs> they They wrote this song. He, he wrote this song with like the group that he was in at the time. They wrote this song in like an hour or two. They did it in an afternoon. And that two hours of inspiration is what set them up for the rest of their lives. That's amazing. Is God, it we should all be so lucky. A true American hero, Bobby Pickett. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. This is really more of a tribute. Work 20 minutes and coast for the rest of your life. It's the American dream. But that is all the time. We, that is all that we have time for with Bobby Boris Pickett. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, once again, you can follow us on Facebook. Please also, uh, if you haven't subscribed and review us on iTunes, it really or Apple Podcasts, they call it now. It really does go a long way towards uh, helping us out and making sure that we can be as visible as possible. For sure, for sure. And send us uh, any song suggestions, your costume ideas for Halloween. Oh sure. Uh, your favorite. Uh... SNM position. Uh, position. And you can email us at uh, the Sontopsy Report at gmail.com. Or just uh, Facebook message us. Because actually, we have this idea. We want to do an episode which is just user submission, user submitted song ideas. We've already gotten a few, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but we want a, we want a few more to, to kind of get like a like a potent mixture of bad music that you guys have uh, that you have suggested. So please, uh, Facebook message us, email us, let us know, tw- tw- uh, tweet at us at the Song Topsy Report, and let us know if you have any other bad music. Uh, Mr. Trollinger, do you have anything that you would like to add? Any projects? Any website updates, maybe? 
It's getting there. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. It's there, half done. Oh, I can't. I can't wait to see it. And if you round up for halfway, that's a hundred percent. I'm definitely trying to get it done this month um, because I uh, will be. Uh, uh, I'm currently in rehearsals for a uh, for a uh, play that will be going up. That's uh, right. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Yes, and, um, dude. Uh, in uh, November, um, I will uh, probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't know legally if I'm allowed to do any sort of promo for it. I don't. I don't know what the legality of that is. Okay. Um, well, we, we, we can sit uh, tight for now. But yeah. uh, if you're People, in the New York City area and you want to see Stephen Trollinger play uh, actual ca- historical character, yes. I so uh, all right. You know what the hell? Uh, so uh, so yeah. So it's the it's called uh, "In Love with the Arrow Collar Man." It'll be going up uh, throughout the month of November. On um, uh, Theater 80, St. Mark's, I believe. In New York City. In New York City. Um, and uh, I will uh, think it's uh, Wednesday through Saturday, uh, the first two weeks in November. Skips Thanksgiving week and then uh, Friday and Saturday, the last week of November. Um, so if you are at all interested, I will be playing uh, Norman Rockwell, a famed American illustrator. So if any, that, any of that sounds interesting to you, it's, it's a... It's a it's a very f- interesting historical piece uh, uh, about uh, the golden age of American illustration. And if any of that sounds at all fun or cool or interesting to you, uh, please uh, uh, research on the webs on, on the internet. Take a look at it. And, and what's uh, the name of the play again? Uh, in love with the Arrow Collar Man. Yes, Arrow Collar. Because the first time I heard it, it was kind of like the rural juror. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, Arrow Collar Man. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, we definitely gotta check this out. The troll got a roll. <laughs> You were, how long were you sitting on that? <laughs> right when he said he got even when you're even when you're trying to help me, I want to shove you out of an open window. What is that about? But you? it's the fact he's trying to help. I think that's the take-home point. Oh, once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I am Nick Brigadier. I am Mike Russell, Mister Mike Russell.com. And I, I'm gonna shock Mike's body here in a second. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Take care. Shock the body. Shock, shock the body, body. Shock the body. <laughs> but not for overcoat. When the wind is free and take good care of yourself, you belong to me.